I'm Dora Vandekamp. I have been on a mission for the last 16 years to discover the world's most powerful beauty secrets. The Biohack Your Beauty podcast is a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. And now, on to the show. Greetings, beautiful ones. I have had a lot of requests for more manifestation-related episodes, so I am very excited to bring you this magical interview with one of the most amazing energy coaches I know, Jacqueline DiGregorio. Jacqueline is a motivational speaker, best-selling author, and coach with experience on more than 125 stages in seven countries, including a TEDx stage. She has inspired so many people to follow their dreams, no matter what fears are holding them back. Some of the things we talk about in this episode are how to have an abundance mindset and keep it, how to let go of scarcity mindset, how to tap into and transform your subconscious mind, when is the right time to take action, and how to keep commitments to yourself long-term. Jacqueline also gives us some incredible tools for creating the reality you really, truly desire. If this episode resonates with you, please make sure to leave a positive review on iTunes or Spotify, it helps others discover this important information and transform their lives too. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Hello, Jacqueline. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you. I cannot wait to dive in. You are an incredible coach. You are a life coach and you teach women how they can have it all. So tell me a little bit about that. What does it mean to have it all? Yeah. Well, I think when we start on our journey of wanting more for our life, we usually start in like a specific category. And if I, if I really look back, I would say like this probably started for me at like 16 when I wanted a boyfriend and I wanted to be in a relationship, right? And then that journey kind of continued at 21 when I decided that I wanted to start a business and then I wanted this other area of my life. And even within the business, there were many things I wanted. I wanted money. I wanted fulfillment. I wanted time freedom, but I will say it usually starts with like one primary goal. So for me, for the business, I was in a corporate internship that I actually enjoyed, but didn't feel like it was it. I just didn't feel fulfilled enough to sign up for that every day, the rest of my life. And so like my first goal was just, if I could make the same amount of money and work the same amount of hours, I would like to do it towards my own goals. That was like kind of goal number one for me, which was fulfillment. And at the time I was in a really happy relationship um, with my current fiance, who was then my boyfriend. Um, And so I kind of felt like I had one area of my life 
checked in a sense. And in a sense, it's never checked because we're always evolving and growing. And like my relationship today is like 10 times better than it was then, but there's all these categories, right? And so then within business, as I started to feel more fulfilled chasing my goals, then I desired more money. And then when I started making more money, I realized that I was in a prison and I desired more time. And so one by one, I started creating each of these different things. And then once I had more time, then I desired just better well-being in general, a consistent routine, better exercise routine, um, being able to have the money to then fund those things, like going to Soul Cycle and going to yoga and all these goals. And so having it all looks different for everyone. But what I do know about it is that there's lots of different categories. Primary ones include career, relationships, health, um, just your general vision for an ideal day in your life, um, which will incorporate all the different categories. And oftentimes what my vision for having it all looks like is going to be different from yours. But when we see someone who is truly embodying having it all, and loving their life today, we know it's possible for us. And I definitely haven't achieved everything I want to achieve. I have so many more goals, but something I learned along the way before I had really made it, what that's what I would call for me, made it meant like I knew with a hundred percent certainty that I could pay my bills every single month. And I could afford a general lifestyle that I really enjoy. It didn't include like all the stretch goals, like my dream car or flying first class every time I'm on an airplane, but it definitely included getting a salad when I want one or going to that workout class. So that's kind of what it was for me. But way before that, when we first moved into our house and we spent literally all of our money and I was going to the grocery store with $40 cash, cause that's all we could spend and trying to buy enough for the week. I still found joy then. And so I think it's about both creating the life you want and also finding ways to enjoy the life you have. And when you do that, it actually helps create the life you want. And there's always going to be another life you want. There's always going to be a next level because we're evolving human beings. And that's healthy as long as you can be happy now and know that if you achieve nothing else ever again in your life and nothing else ever changed um, that you gave today your all. And you're obviously going to give your all to the future, but time is so precious. And so just really living for it all today, I think is a key component of it. So that's just a little summary and a little background of kind of the categories and how I see it for myself and for a lot of my clients. I love that so much. And I think you're right. It's so different for everybody, everybody's vision, everybody's things that light us up, like it's different for everybody. And I think you're, you touched on something so important, which is like the mindset piece, right? That feeling of like, I don't want to always be living in the future because there isn't anything there. If I'm not happy now, or if I can't feel and appreciate and receive really like what I have now, I think that that's such an amazing exercise, even like receiving what you have, because so many people are ready to receive more, right? But they haven't even received what they've already got. So what do you think is, is the secret to that mindset? Or how do you see that as being something to tap into that feeling of like, I'm also happy now, even though I don't have the house, the partner, maybe the, the abundance, whatever that looks like. Yeah. So I think the first thing is for almost everyone, 
I'm actually, I'm going to say hundred percent of people, what they have now is a goal they set in the past in some way, shape or form. So you can find something in your life that you have accomplished. That was a goal. Maybe that you set two years ago, five years ago. Right. And so really going back to that feeling of like desiring that thing. So like, I remember when all I wanted was a business that generated six figures. And I thought when I get six figures, I'll be happy, which was not true. Um, But I remember setting that goal and writing that down in my journal every day. And now I have that. Right. And so it's like knowing that this is, I am living the physical manifestation of the goals I've already set. And like, if I could go back in time and like, just grab my self from let's say four years ago and take her here and sit her down, she would be so freaking thrilled. So live as that version of you live as the version of you that is so proud, so lit up about everything you've accomplished. Sometimes it's helpful to like have people in your circle, um, that are really proud of you. Like for me that those people are definitely my parents. Like I'll share wins that I don't think are that big. And they're like, this is it, Jack, like you've made it. Like they are just like hyping me up and just to have people in your circle that are really proud of you. I think it echoes and reminds you to be really proud of you. Um, so, so that's really big. And then the other thing that I think is key about finding the joy in your daily life is taking where you want to be and asking yourself, how can I do that today? And how can I live that today? For two reasons. The first reason is that for so many of my clients, they think that the life they want is so far off. Like I can't do those things, but usually the reasons are BS for at least like 70% of the things. So it's like, oh, I can't work less because my, my business doesn't make enough money or because, um, you know, my, I'm going to get fired if I work less. And I'm like, is that really true? Does your boss really think you should be on until 9 PM? Or, you know, is, are you really making any more money working these extra hours in your business? Or would your business make the same amount of money you make now if you only worked five hours a day? And so really like challenging the mindset of each of the things you want to have in the future and ask yourself, like, why can't I have this now? And for a lot of the other things you might say, well, I can't afford it. But if you really look at the numbers, Oftentimes you can, or you're very close. So it's like, you know, I really want an unlimited yoga membership and it's a hundred dollars a month. If you genuinely look at your budget and say, I don't have it for most people, they'll look at their budget and say, you know, what? I do have a hundred dollars and I might spend it on X, but I don't really care about that. And I'm going to switch it to this, or maybe I'm going to save a hundred dollars less a month. Cause this is something that lights me up and living in the present is important to me. And I don't need to save every single penny I make. Right. Or it might be someone who says, I genuinely don't have the hundred dollars. How can you create it, right? Can you, um, I don't know, get a part-time job as a waitress one day a week and make that hundred bucks? Or can you um, drive Uber or deliver food on DoorDash like a few days a week to be able to make that money up because it would be worth it to you or sell some clothes online or, right? Like, what can you do? How can you create it now? I think that not only helps us create happiness now, because for most things we can create it now, but it also helps us to stop living in the future because we stop like pushing out the things we want and we know that we can have them now. So that's really big. And then there are certain things that you might not be able to have now. Like I really want to buy a white G wagon. I do not have the finances today to buy it, or it wouldn't be a financially smart decision that I feel comfortable making right now. But I know that I'm going to have it soon. And in the meantime, I focus on gratitude for my RAV4 that drives me 
everywhere that drives me to my speaking gigs, that drives me to the yoga classes, that drives me to my fiance's baseball games, wherever I want to go, that car drives me. And I'm so grateful for that. And so knowing like I get to have this and it's going to be there soon. And then focusing on the gratitude in the moment, there's other further off joys that you might not be able to have um, fully, but you might be able to have a piece of them. So with the car, for example, maybe I can't buy the G wagon, but maybe for my birthday this year, I'm going to rent one for a weekend. Cause that's a fun present to myself. And while I'm not willing to spend hundred K plus right now, maybe I'm willing to spend $500 to rent it for a weekend. So there's usually ways that you can take your, even the big, big, big dreams. You want to buy that house, go stay in an Airbnb, for a vacation, or you want to um, be able to go to the yoga classes, but it's just really not there, you know, do yoga on your TV, right? Like there's always a way to start to create the things that bring you joy in the now, even if it's not the full expression of it. And when you do that, you fall more in love with your life today. And then this is also beautiful because when we look at science and manifestation, Joy is the highest frequency and joy is key to actually manifesting the things we want. Cause when we vibrate at a higher frequency, we're more magnetic and we often call in those beautiful, magical things into our life. So it's really a win-win because you're happier now and you actually experience the full manifestation of your desires faster. So that's the process that I use and I recommend. I, oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. And you laid it out so beautifully. You mentioned manifestation a couple of times, and I really want to talk about this because I think that this concept of manifesting has now become really uh, just something people talk a lot about. I think when I first started learning about the law of attraction, it was like, more than 10 years ago. And it was really woo woo. And, and people thought it was like this really new age thing. And now it's something you can talk about. People know what you're talking about. So how much of a role does manifestation play in having it all in achieving your goals, receiving these amazing dreams that you want to create? Yeah. So it's really interesting because people always ask me like, what did you manifest and what did you just work for or what, like, and they want to define it in boxes. But if you actually understand the science of manifestation, everything in my world and your world, you listening is manifestation, whether or not you consciously actively manifested it, or it was just a result of your thoughts, of your frequency, of the filtering system of your brain. Like it's, it's just science um, of how our brains work. And so everything is a result of manifestation. And it also includes like in order to manifest, I also commit it to my goals. I got back up every time I failed. I, I do work hard still, which is a, a really interesting concept because for a while I was so burnt out from uh, working like really long hours that I just didn't want to ever say that word or admit that I worked hard. But the truth is that you know sometimes there are things that you need to do in order to achieve a certain goal that take time and energy and are tiring and require commitment. Right. And so that's a part of it too. Um, and so there's a lot of different factors that go into manifesting something, but the truth of manifestation is it is taking something from thought to reality and anything that you have in your reality had to have started as a thought 
even if it was subconscious. So as little as like, if you're listening and you're driving right now, the steering wheel on your car, maybe it wasn't your thought, but it was the thought of the manufacturer. Like it, it came from someone's brain into reality. I'm, I'm recording this at my desk, my desk. This was actually manifested this desk because I had it on my vision board and the exact desk. And I got it as a Christmas present for my fiance, but let's just pretend that I had just gone out and bought this desk, right? Like just a normal piece of furniture in your house. You thought I want a desk. You then drove yourself to the store. You picked a desk, you paid for the desk, you placed the desk in the location you wanted. That's all manifestation too. And I think it's confusing for people because when we think of manifestation, we often think of like, oh, I thought about a coffee and then a coffee showed up. That is true. That is also manifestation, right? Um, but everything in our world, literally everything that exists is manifestation. So it plays the entire role. That would be my answer. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. And it's so important, like you said it at the, towards the end where we kind of think like, oh, I manifested this thing or this event, but I don't think we realize like that literally every single thing that we experience, that we see, that we sit on, that we write on, that we, you know, every single thing is manifested. Every single thing was a, it was energy before it became real. And so when you think about it like that, and, and you said it, the subconscious, right? This is why it's so important to also take care of your subconscious mind, because I think we, I mean, this is something I'm always so big on, but like what you're, what you are consuming, not just food, but what you're watching on TV, what you're listening to, what you're watching on the news, everything is going into your subconscious mind. Right. And so what is your subconscious creating with that? What is it doing with that? It's really important to be intentional and deliberate about what you give your attention to. And I think that's something you're, I'm sure you're familiar with Abraham Hicks, but she talks about this a lot where she says, you know, there's kind of lazy thinking and there's deliberate thinking. There's kind of sloppy attention. And then there's, you know, intentional attention. And so it's really making that decision. Like, what do I want to create? What are the ways that I can do this? And really even using the subconscious mind to do that. How do you feel is the best way to kind of tap into the subconscious? Do you feel like there is like tapping is one way to do that, but do you feel like there are other ways as well? Yeah, I think there's lots of ways. And I think that when I first started this work, what I would do is I would like use whatever worked for me. And I would tell everyone like, this is the thing. And then I would work with a client who it wouldn't work for. And I would be like, WTF, like what's wrong with this person's mind? And then I would learn that it wasn't working for them because a variety of reasons, but generally to summarize, because we're all different and we all have different things that work for us. How do we know something's going to work? Really the way we feel our body can't really lie, but our brain can. And so I always ask my clients like, okay, saying this affirmation, how does that make you feel for one person saying I'm a millionaire might be like, hell yes. Like I can just feel, feel my whole vision and this is my life and I get to have it. Yes. And for someone else, they might be like, that's so not true. I feel like I'm going to throw up when I even say those words out loud. And so I don't believe in one process. I believe in having a toolkit and being able to know yourself and also know the season of life you're in, because sometimes there's one strategy that's like really resonating with me for a certain season for one reason or another. 
And then there's another season where it's like a different strategy I'm using. So um, I'll tell you about like all of the tools in my toolbox that I teach um, just so like people can have a variety of ones. Um, so tapping's great and I'm a big fan. So do your people know what tapping is? Would you say, or should I explain it? You know, you, you explain it. We, we have had a few um, episodes about it, but if they haven't listened to those episodes, it's probably great to know just because I'm sure you probably have a specific take on it too. That might be helpful. Yeah. So really just keep it really basic. It's essentially tapping on different energy centers of your body um, to there's something with the mind body connection that when you're tapping on those you can release old stuck energy. So usually a tapping sequence will often start with like things you're letting go of, and then it will shift into those new beliefs you're creating. Um, it feels really good and it works. It shifts your energy. And so, you know, something's worked again, by the way, it feels in your body. And so like, if I'm feeling anxious, I might tap on it um, and just feel that my body physically feels different. And so I know that has shifted my vibration and my energy. Um, so that's why I like to think of tapping. Um, and also with affirmations in general, I'll do that one next. Cause one of the things you're saying while you're tapping is affirmation. So the brain's language is repetition. So in our brain, we have neural pathways. They're essentially like the pathways that our neurons travel on. Um, and it's like muscle memory. So if you've ever like gotten in your car and accidentally driven somewhere and you're like, why am I going here? Like I used to do that a lot when I graduated high school, I'd always drive to high school because I drove there every day for four years. Well, not four years, whenever I got my license, I don't know, 16. So I would always end up there. That's where our habits come from, right? Like oftentimes our habits are not conscious. They're coming from our subconscious mind. They're coming from these neural pathways that have formed in our brain. So the way that I like to think of neural pathways is like a road. And you can let a road get overgrown. So not just like a paved road. I want you to picture like a road in a desert and all of these cars have driven on it for a long time. And so it's been paved. Um, last weekend, I went to my fiance's baseball game and oftentimes like the field, there's this like dirt road to get to um, the parking lot. And I swear that cars have just, it was never a road. It was grass that someone decided to drive on and park here because they didn't want to walk so far. And eventually when hundreds of thousands of cars did it, it became a road. So that's exactly what it's like. The neural pathway has formed. Well, if nobody drove on that road for say, I don't know, a few years, and it doesn't actually take years, but I'm using the analogy of the road, um, then eventually the grass is going to grow again there. It's going to get rained on, the wind is going to blow, and it will regrow, and there won't be a road. It actually takes 21 days, um, according to a lot of studies, for uh, not the habit thing, but for <laughs> neural pathways um, to, if it's not used for it to start to go away essentially. Um, and so our brain has neuroplasticity, which means we can form a new neural pathway at any time, which is amazing. It's like one of the biggest blessings of being human. You can change anything about yourself and your identity. So with that, the brain's language is repetition, meaning that the more we drive on a road, the more paved it's going to get. So the more we repeat an affirmation, the more that neural pathway is going to form and strengthen. And once it becomes really strong, I picture this like we're pouring cement. Once it hardens, it's good. And sure, you could always like, you know, not use that sidewalk and eventually, you know, the road's going to grow again. But if it's a new habit you're forming, most likely, and it's intentional and deliberate, then you're going to keep that and it's going to stay cemented in your brain. So 
affirmations are one way to do that. And so you can say any I am statement or a mantra. So it doesn't have to be I am. So a mantra would be like something like, um, I'm looking at my walls because I have affirmations all over them. So something like one I have is miracles happen in my life all the time. Technically an affirmation is an I am statement. So it's not an affirmation. It's more of a mantra, but it's essentially the same thing. The reason that I am statements are really powerful is because I am gets at the identity level. So identity creates beliefs, beliefs, create thoughts, thoughts, create words, words, create actions, actions, create circumstances and results. So if you want to really change something in your life, the key is changing your identity. This is why like New Year's resolutions often don't work because they don't work at an identity level. Just because you decided that you want to go to the gym three times a week doesn't mean you're actually going to do it. But if you start believing that I am the kind of person who goes to the gym or I am fit, your New Year's resolution will probably stick. So any identity level affirmation is really powerful. Also, mantras are really powerful and I like to use ones that feel good to me. The cautionary of why affirmations sometimes don't work for people is when they say one that feels icky, like the example I gave earlier of I'm a millionaire and that might feel terrible to you. And so one exercise to help that is using a bridge affirmation. So it's something like I am in the process of becoming a millionaire or I'm in the process of building a million dollar business or I'm in the process of believing that I'm worthy. Whatever it is, it helps you get behind it because it feels true. And there's nothing wrong with saying things that aren't true yet. They will be true in the future. And truth is really just um, like your ultimate core truth of your soul. It is true. And whatever you're speaking is really lies. But to your ego, it feels like a lie. And so it's helpful to work with your ego instead of against it. So affirmations are tool two. Um, The next tool that I think is really helpful is visualization or anything that's going to help you feel the feelings. So not everyone is a visual person. And some of my clients tell me I can't visualize. For me, I can visualize certain things. Like I can visualize the car because it's like, I know what that looks like. But if I want to visualize, like I made X dollars this month, like nothing really comes to me. It's blank. So it's important to visualize or do whatever feels good to you. It could be journal. It could be like um, speak out loud, often called a riff. I think that term was coined by Amanda Francis. Um, This could be to a coach. This could be to a friend. This could be to yourself. Just kind of talk about like pretend you're there. So a riff would be something like, you know, I am now driving my white chew wagon and I love the way the steering wheel feels. And I love the way the engine sounds. And it feels so good to park and uh, grab myself a coffee and come out and see my car parked there. And you would just kind of get into that feeling. Um, Visualization, obviously you close your eyes, you imagine a scene in your future. So I have this one visualization that I do all the time um, where I imagine myself going outside. I get in my dream car. I stop for a coffee and I go and I get my hair highlighted, which I came up with this a few years ago when coffee for $2 was not in the budget hair done, not in the budget. And so I've manifested a lot of this vision, except for the car, um, which will soon be physically manifested. Um, But it's really fun to like go through that um, and kind of imagine what that's going to be like, what it's going to feel like. Um, You could journal on it. So you could do like a day in your future life. Um, 
a day where you've just achieved one of your biggest dreams or goals, what that day looks like, you know, how are you celebrating? Who's with you? What are the sounds, the tastes, the smells, get into as much detail as you can. The goal of all this is to feel a feeling because when you feel a feeling, that feeling is your vibration. And your vibration is what is attracting things to you because you are emitting a certain frequency. A frequency is essentially a feeling. And that feeling is attracting things that are vibrating at that same frequency. So the way to think of it is like, if a plane is going over your head and you don't see it because you're down here, you don't know the plane is there. But if you just look up, then you and the plane are now on the same frequency. And so these things are all happening. They're already all in your vortex, all the things you want. But until you're vibrating at that frequency, it's not going to be there. Another analogy that's helpful is the radio. So if you put the radio on a certain station, that music will play. The music's always playing, but until you turn your dial to that station, you're not going to hear it. And so by feeling the feeling that you will have, or you think you'll have, when you have these things you want, that is the thing that puts you on that same frequency to manifest it. So visualizing, journaling, um, riffing, anything that helps um, to feel those feelings is really powerful. I'm going to use journaling in a separate tool as well to say journaling is a really good tool to rewire your subconscious with limiting beliefs. So I do like a three-step belief busting process to keep it really simple. So step one is what is the limiting belief? So you're probably pretty aware that you have a limiting belief if you're going to be journaling on it, right? Like, uh, I realize that like every time I, um, every time I feel really happy, I do something to sabotage it, right? Like that's an example. So the limiting belief might be like, it's not possible, um, to feel like extreme levels of happiness without something going wrong or something bad happening. Right. And then the second step is what is a new, more empowering belief that you are choosing to believe. So it might be like, I deserve to be happy and all is well in my world when I am or something like that. You could kind of work at the new statement based on what's really going on under the surface. Um, there's a lot of different, you could probably come up with 10 different beliefs for new beliefs for one limiting belief. Just pick one that feels good. And then step three is to give your brain as much evidence as possible around the new belief. So you can use examples from your life of times that you were happy and nothing bad happened. You can use examples from other people's lives, friends. It could be celebrities, people you've never met before, people you've heard on podcasts share their stories. Um, it could be like this one time in my life, this thing happened. Any evidence you can you can give to your brain around it, it's really helpful um, to kind of get your logical mind behind it. Um, and then once you have that, I like to say it's enough and whatever feels good to you to continue doing some of that mindset work, you can do. The thing is, what we think we need to do, we always need to do, whether it's to create anything, to have a certain level of wellness, to build a business, to remove a limiting belief. So if I tell people you have to do this like 20 step process and they think in their brain, they create a belief that in order to X, I need to Y, then they do because our beliefs always manifest. And so I like to say, you can, you can do it however you want to do it. Even just bring awareness over the belief I believe is enough. And if you notice something that is really sticking like over and over again, you find a pattern that you keep self-sabotaging in the same way. That's when you might want to do some deeper mindset work. So then take that limiting belief and do it in daily affirmations, do a hypnotherapy session on 
that specific belief, do a tapping on that specific belief, right? And so hypno is another tool. Um, we could go on and on and on, but those are some of the basic tools and how you might use them. Those are so good. And I love how you laid them out. I feel like those, that was like a toolbox. You literally gave people a toolbox to take home with them and use. So that was amazing. I love it. And I love that you mentioned identity too, because I think that that's a huge thing and it goes hand in hand with the subconscious. It goes hand in hand with these limiting beliefs. What do you think are some ways that people can kind of open themselves up to a new identity? Where does the clarity come from with that? Actually, you posted this today and I read this a few days ago. Um, Tom Billio, who is the yes. um, host of Impact Theory, he wrote, um, if you don't know who you're going to be and what you're going to be doing five years from now, you're already doing it. So you have to know who you want to be. You have to know what you want to do. But I think that that's really uh, overwhelming for some people, right? And especially because maybe you then this way or had this identity for 20 years, 30 years, who knows how long. Um, how do you change that? How do you have a vision of who you want to be in the future when you've been this person for so long? How do you change that? Yeah. So I think a good place to start is having a vision for what the future might look like. So I like to take people through like a visualization of like an ideal day in your future, like in your future life, in your dream life, um, in the life you want to be living in the life that is, you know, the one that you have always had in the back of your mind, like what does that look like? Like, who are you? And so what will happen is I was just working with one of my clients on this. And basically I was talking to him about this day in the life vision. And he said, well, first thing is I would like to wake up earlier. And so the thing he told me was like an action or habit, right? So then what you can do is you can go backwards and take that into an identity. So I said, okay, you want to be a morning person. That's the identity. And he told me, but I'm a night owl. And I said, that's why you're a night owl because you believe you're a night owl and you have that identity. And I said, I wonder how this identity developed. Do you remember when you were a kid, did you have a parent or, you know, an authority figure in your life say, gosh, you're such a night owl. At some point you developed that identity, but any identity can be changed. So by starting with the actual action or habit you want to do, most people can identify that. I don't want to smoke anymore. That, that's a like old time example because not as many people smoke anymore, but that's like a common example in like NLP, like smoker and non-smoker. Um, those are identities. It could be, I want to be the kind of person that goes to the gym. So I want to be fit or I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to be but this is not necessarily not losing 20 pounds doesn't mean you're healthier, but let's say for you, for this specific person using in this fake example, losing 20 pounds would be healthier for them. than maybe they say I am healthy would be the identity. Right. And so we can always find the identity. If we just know the habit or the way we want our life to look. Um, and it's going to be like, I am, that's how, you know, it's an identity. So I would start there. And then I would probably focus on like one at a time. So you don't get so overwhelmed, especially if you're new to this work, like, and how do you know where to start? I always tell people like, start with the biggest thing, meaning you're driving down a road and there's a cone. Let's imagine this cone is like just a little of the way out. So you can swerve. It's not ideal. You prefer not to swerve because you know, it's tight to squeeze through and it's maybe dangerous. The side of your car might get scratched, whatever, but you can do it. 
Then you keep driving and there's this cone that's so big and it's in the middle of the road and there's no way to get through unless you put your car in park, get out of the car, take the cone, move the cone and keep driving. That's the cone you need to address. How do you know what that is? It's the thing that's causing you the most stress, the most anxiety, the thing you think about the most, the thing you feel so caught up in. That's the identity you want to start with. Um, So once you have decided the identity you want to start with, it's going to be playing with these different tools. So it can't hurt to play with a lot of them. So to write down the affirmation every morning, I am a morning person to um, put some things in place that are going to help you be a morning person. So if you want to start going to the gym at six in the morning, what are what are tools that might make this easier? So laying my clothes out the night before and putting my um, shoes right there and maybe making overnight oats. So I have breakfast already ready, right? And the thing is the morning person does those things. They know they're getting up early in the morning and they know that those are things that are gonna help them get to the gym and that's just who they are and that's just what they do. Now, what's really cool is that like everything we want in our life is an identity. So eventually it just becomes who you are and what you do. I just am the kind of person that makes a certain amount of money, right? I just am the kind of person that works a certain amount of hours. It's just who I am. And when you create those things, then those are the results you always end up seeing. And there are so many stories on this where it's possible that for a brief moment, you go out of that identity. So there are stories of business owners who have lost their whole businesses. They were millionaires and they lost it all. Then two years later, they built another million dollar business. Why? Because that's that's who they are. It's what they do. Anything you can acknowledge about yourself, it's just who I am. Ask yourself, is that thing serving me or no? Because I hear it a lot. It's like, oh, well, I'm just a procrastinator. Really? Can you change that? And so the first step is awareness. The second step is playing with the different tools. Affirmations are one example, but you can play with all the tools. Um, The more the merrier, really. And anything you can do to get yourself behind the belief, I am blank, that's what you should do. That's the basics of it. And so when I'm coaching someone, I'll really ask, dig into them. Like, okay, what would help you believe I'm a morning person? Well, if I did it for a week, if I would, okay, then let's do that. Like anything, it doesn't really matter how you get there, but the end goal is to believe that you are that kind of person. So work with the conscious mind, work with the subconscious mind, do all the things that are gonna help you get there. Sometimes I take actions that really don't make sense and really don't move me closer to my goals, but they help me believe in my goals and my belief creates the results I want. So it doesn't matter what the action was. It just matters that I took it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That's so good. And I think there's something so powerful too, about being open to that, because I think for so many people, it's way out of your comfort zone to do something so different. I mean, especially if you're a night owl and you've always been a quote unquote night owl, and all of a sudden you have to get up early, like that's not fun at all. Like we all know getting up really early when you don't want to, is not a fun thing. So there has to be this level of desire. Like you have to want it, you know, you have really have to want it. Um, and I think that that's something that can throw people off as well with the law of attraction, because you want to want it, but you don't want to want it so that you are out of alignment with it. There's kind of this fine line between desiring it, but also being able to look at where you're at and, and feeling good about that. Yeah. I think it's, you want to want it, but you don't want to need it. Mm. Like I can want things, but I don't need them. Mm. And even like starting with, if you just want to bring some awareness to how often you use the word need, 
Um, this is like one of the first things I do with new clients. Every time they send me a message that says the word need in it, I just acknowledge, uh, because most of the things we say need with aren't actual needs. The only needs are food, shelter, water. That's it. You're like, but I need to pay my electric bill. Is your electricity going to shut off? No, they give you a 30 day grace period. Or maybe they say, yeah, it's going to shut off. Okay. Is there anywhere else you can go that has electricity? Yeah. I can stay with my sister. Great. You don't need it. You won't die without like need is truly like, I will die without this thing, without food or water shelters, even arguable, depending on the conditions you live in. So when we remove that word and we shift it to desire or even want, I know some law of attraction teachers like say, don't use the word want. I think it's all about the way the word feels to you. It doesn't really matter what the word is. So if want feels needy to you, then don't use want, use desire. Um, but when we shifted to a place of like, Ooh, I desire this, or I want this. It's like, instead of my client saying like, I need to make X dollars this week, like how fun would it be to make X dollars this week? It's a different energy. And that energy is the energy that's attracting. So I think that we don't have to fear wanting you can, I want that car so bad. I can't freaking wait to have it. And I have gratitude for my car right now. If I died tomorrow, which would be absolutely tragic. I would be very happy with the life I've lived and I don't need the car sitting on my grave, right? Like it's, it doesn't matter. So I think knowing what matters to you, living your life fully today in the present and being excited as heck about your desires. Cause you know, you get to have them and you know, you're going to have them in the future. And you also know that you don't need them. If my business was taken away tomorrow, I could get a job. It would be terrible. And I would not like it because I'm used to not having a prison and schedule and not that all jobs are prison. Um, I shouldn't say that, but for me, it might be because I, I, it's not what I want for my life, but I could do it and I'd be fine. I could thrive in fact. Right. Because when you have this mindset of like, I'm good, no matter what, like you can thrive in any environment. Like if no matter what happens, like I'm good. I don't want that to happen. That would be really awful. And it probably won't. And I feel really confident it won't, but I'd be okay. And I think when you really, really work on that belief of I'm good, no matter what, you start to strip the need because you really don't need anything. You could lose everything overnight and you'd be okay. And I think that's, that's where your power is like needing nothing, but desiring everything. That's really fun. Yeah. That's what, that's how you allow yourself to be open, right? Is this, this receiving energy. It's really about not knowing exactly how it will happen or when it will happen, but just being open to it. Um, and I think something Abraham Hicks says, which got me through some really tough times too, is all is well, all is well, no matter what's going on, no matter how crazy it feels, or, you know, even what's, what's happening around the world, just knowing that everything is, is as it's meant to be. And as it's going, like it, it's the, the right order, the right way, it's, it's all in harmony with what is um, evolving and what is being created. So I think that's amazing. Tell me a little bit about action. We've talked a little bit about that, but like, when do you take action? Because something that, especially as the law of attraction, uh, as a concept has kind of come to the forefront for people, I think there's so much information about it and what it means and what it doesn't mean. And I think that kind of this concept, especially of just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to do these exercises and then I will receive it. Like, you know, I'm going to journal and then it will happen or I'm going to visualize and then it will happen. Where does action come into that? Yeah. So I think there's something that's important to address. That's like misinformation in the world, which is like, 
the law of attraction isn't the only universal law, right? There are many and they're all working hand in hand in hand. For example, the law of gravity. We all know that one. That's another universal law. They're just laws about how the world works. They're laws about science. They're laws about physics and law of action is another one of the laws. And so law of action is all about, okay, you have this desire in order to achieve it. There has to be some sort of action taken to set you up for that thing. So if you're like, well, I want to receive a random check in the mail. It's like the random check is only going to come if there was some sort of action on your part where the random check would come. So maybe it's like, I gave a speaking gig two years ago that never paid me and the random check came, but I had to give the speaking gig for that to happen. Or even if it's like, sometimes we've gotten like refunds from our insurance company. We have to have car insurance. I can't just sit in my house and do nothing all day. So knowing that action is a key component, not the only component, one of the keys, um, I, it's very important to take action. So The other thing before I explain like how to know which action to take is what I was kind of touching on slightly earlier about like, sometimes I take action that doesn't even matter. And so the most important thing is that you believe that you're going to get the thing that you want or that it's like very possible for you. Because if you don't believe that, then it's probably not going to happen because you get your beliefs. So I do a lot of what I call belief work on just like getting myself behind this thing is very, very possible. So in my business, for example, I might write down my income goal for the month or the year. And then I might write down like, okay, one possible thing can happen is if I sell many people in this course, I have this many private clients, I book this many speeches, right? And I look at what that looks like. And then I say, okay, like, what is it going to take for me to believe that I'm going to book this many private clients? And I might say, okay, well, thing that's going to help me believe that is marketing it on my Instagram stories once a week. However... I can tell you that many of my clients, and this is just an example, this isn't like my exact strategy, but many of my clients don't come from my Instagram stories. They come in all sorts of really crazy ways. Um, Like my favorite story is I had a random number text me in January. Hey, can we get on a call? Who is this? Oh, my name's so-and-so. And and, um, this other person gave me your number and said, you have a podcast and I kind of want to start a podcast. So I want to talk to you. And I'm thinking in my head, like, is this a free coaching call? Should I do this? Because obviously I don't do that. But I also, you know, always want to help people and give back and things. So I'm like, okay, this person connected me. Like, I'll talk to them. I'll just connect with them, see what they want to do. I did not mention my coaching once. I just answered her questions, chatted with her. And then at the end, she was like, so how does it work if I want to hire you? And I was like, cool, this is my package. And she was like, great, I'm in. And she had paid by the end of the call. And it was just funny because it's like, I do all these things to like raise my belief, but really oftentimes like magical manifestations come in other ways. But the thing is, if action is gonna help you believe, take it because without the belief, the manifestation isn't gonna come. So that's really big. Now, how to know which actions to take. The kind of main principle in the whole like manifestation world is inspired action. And inspired action Richard Dotz, he's an author. Um, He's written a lot of really short, easy reads about manifestation. He describes it as, it feels like the most natural thing in the world. And I really like that. Like, it's like that idea that's like, yes, this is the next step. And we all get that. We might not get them all the time, but sometimes you're like, I have to reach out to this person. That happened to me recently. I thought of one of my friends and I was like, I have to reach, I have to reconnect with him. And then me reconnecting with him led to this amazing opportunity for me that probably would have never happened if I didn't reconnect with him, but it was just like, I know I need to do that. You get that intuitive feeling of something you need to do. Um, It also 
feels exciting. So you're like, oh, I really want to do this thing. And it might not make any sense. Like for me, I really want to work on my third book and I really want to get a traditional publishing deal. So I've written two books, but they are published non-traditionally. Um, and it makes no sense because like, it's going to take a ton of time and you don't really make that much money on books, especially like the payoff is really, really far out. Um, and so it's going to be like a huge time sink on my calendar where it could be like working with clients and hitting income goals, but I just feel so excited about it that I know there's something magical going to happen with this book. Maybe it is going to be, you know, a New York times bestseller and blow up. And it's like all of that time, my intuition was guiding me to take that action. If I don't do it, it's never going to happen. Right. Can't become a New York times bestseller without writing the book. So when you feel those inspiration moments, or when you feel those pings of like, I need to do this thing, or when you are kind of mapping out your goals and you're looking at what do I think will get me there? Just do those things. It really can be that simple. Have a plan, fall through the plan. Also leave space in your plan for the ideas that inevitably come up along the way. Cause those are often the inspired actions and it will create the things you want. As long as you don't give up. That's, that is the secret really is keep going. I have failed so many freaking times for years and years. Didn't see any results at all in my business was making $0. Then the third year I finally made $11,000 and it wasn't until my fourth year that I made over a hundred thousand dollars. So keep going, keep taking the inspired actions, whether you see the results of them or not, keep trusting that everything is working out in your favor and everything is adding up. And eventually you will create the things you want one way or another. Mm, oh my gosh. Amazing. I'm so excited about your third book. That sounds so cool. And I love that you've written two books already. And I'm very curious too, because when we think of like inspired action, right, there's going to be days and maybe a book is like a good example, right? Like you may feel really excited right now, but as you said, it's a really long process. It's a really tedious process and time consuming. How do you continue to stay. And I don't like to use the word motivated because um, I think it's also one of those words that's very loaded, but how do you stay quote unquote mo motivated and inspired when there are days that you don't feel like this doesn't feel like inspired action? Like, do I still take action? Do I keep writing this book? Do I keep going? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of moving parts here. The first thing I will say is when I'm like certain of something and I know the hundred percent certainty in my core, which sometimes takes me time because I am um, an emotional authority in human design. So sometimes I'm like really riding the waves. Um, but when I'm certain, I make a commitment to myself and I make a commitment to start taking action right away. Um, have you ever read the book, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So I always think about that and think about how like, for me personally, if I don't act on even a certain idea that I feel so hundred percent in, I kind of do lose the spark for it after a while. Right. And so I do try to take action quickly, um, because it doesn't allow all the fear to build up. It doesn't allow, um, all of the reasons why you shouldn't do it to build up. Sometimes if you're not hundred percent certain of your idea, or you feel like, you know, you need to do this, but you're worried about the outside world. It's okay to not share it with anyone. Sometimes sharing, it's really helpful. Like for me, I'm sharing my book because I feel certain in it. And if one of your listeners were to DM me and be like, don't do it, don't do, go traditional. I had a terrible experience. It wouldn't shake me in it, but I don't share until I'm so certain that 
I won't be shaken by any comment that anyone says. Um, so maybe you kind of want to like keep it to yourself, but take action on it right away. Um, once you start taking action, inevitably, yes, there will be the days where even though you are certain and even though you start taking action right away, you feel bleh. Sometimes you feel bleh and you just need to go live your life. Like people are always like, how do you get inspiration? Like I get inspiration because I live my best life ever. And while I'm doing that, my ideas come. Like, I can't tell you the number of ideas I had when I was like on vacation. Um, I like to create for myself what I call a personal standard. Um, and essentially what that means is like, what's the minimum that I'd like to commit to this goal that I'm willing to show up for myself for. So for example, for my podcast, well, actually podcast is a terrible example because I do that every week, no matter what, um, for my Instagram, I, since I started my Instagram in 2017, there has not been a week that has gone by that I haven't posted at least one time in my feed in the week. Sometimes I post it seven times, many times. My personal minimum standard is one post in my feed a week. So even if I feel so unmotivated, I have committed to myself for my goals and also for my audience. So there's sometimes a third piece in there too, that no matter what, I'm going to post something every single week to my feed because that's important to me. So same thing with writing a book. It might be like, hey, no matter what, I am going to write for at least two hours no matter what, if I feel really inspired, I might write for three days, but I'm going to write for at least two hours. And so I like to make that commitment to myself, something that I can stick to. Um, because sometimes we just need to like push through the stagnation in order to get in motion again. So one of Newton's laws, which is another universal laws is an object in motion stays in motion. So we just have to get ourselves in motion sometimes. So it's like, you're dreading the workout, you're dreading it. Like but you start and once you start, you actually feel really great and you finish it and you're so glad you did it, right? Same thing is true with a lot of your goals. And so I think that setting that standard for yourself and making the commitment to yourself, maybe declaring it to someone you love in your life. Um, and you can also, if you wanna like get really clear with it so that you don't have to go back and forth, like, is this still a commitment? You can make like, I have this for like literally everything in my life. My whole routine is like a standard for myself. Um, but I have uh, circumstances. So for example, like I, I say, like, I will always <clears throat> um, get up at seven o'clock within like 15 minutes of when my alarm goes off, no matter what, unless I am sick. And then I define what does sick mean? I am throwing up. I have a fever. Um, like I, I have really, really bad period cramps, like things that are like justifiable because if I didn't have that, then I might just lay in bed till nine o'clock, three days a week. And then feel like, why do I feel like a blob? And why am I skipping all my workouts and well-being and actually moving my body four times a week was one of my goals. Right. And so it's like really defining it can sometimes be helpful. Cause then you don't have that mental chatter of like, should I stick to this goal? So it might be like, I'm going to write for two hours every week, unless I'm sick. And this is what sick means to me. Um, or unless there's a family emergency, like really clear things that like, okay, it makes sense that you didn't do your standard this week, but 99.99% of the time you're going to do it. Um, the other thing that really helps is brain food. So I believe that we're really misinformed about motivation. And I know you said like, it's a kind of word that we even are like a little bit weary to use. Um, so motivation is something that we are taught generally, at least in the U S I find this culture 
that some people have it and some people don't. So it's actually like an identity trait. Like I am motivated. And I mean, if you can form that identity that you are motivated, that's great. And if you have the identity that you're not motivated, shifting that to the new identity is going to serve you. But the core of motivation, in my opinion, is not really identity. You can make anything identity, so go for it. But the core of it is like food. So nobody on earth says like, I don't need to eat. Like I'm good without food, right? I'm just always full. It's just who I am, right? You would die. We say that I'm hungry. And when you're hungry, you eat. And so it's just a practice. Nobody thinks like, I'm going to skip food today. Um, and that is what it is, right? It's just something you do. You eat your meals when you feel hungry. Um, so the same is true for motivation. It's brain food. So you need to eat your brain food every morning, the same way you need to eat your breakfast. So there's a a lot of different types of brain food. Um, so my favorites are books and podcasts. You could also read articles. You could consume even like some social media content. If you follow people that are really inspiring. Um, and there's lots of different categories within those of brain food. You could listen to content like you're listening to now, just about like goal setting and achieving your goals and manifestation. You could listen to specific stories of people who have the thing that you want. So like, I love to listen to authors and hear their journey of getting published and what that was like and how many times they were rejected and because it's so inspiring to me, right? So I like to listen to people who've actually done the things. I also like to listen to really inspiring people who have lived lives that have nothing to do with what I want for my life, like the story of Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. Um, you know, I'm not building a tech company, but I think it's really inspiring to listen to people who've done amazing things. And so depending on what kind of category, you know, really resonates with you, it might be the one where you're like, Hey, I really want to listen to people who've done this thing. Cause they're going to talk about, Hey, there were a lot of days where I didn't feel like writing either. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, it's totally normal. It's really part of the process. Right. And consuming that content. So I think a combination of the standards plus the brain food plus taking action right away creates the momentum, which you'll be able to maintain to actually see your goal through. Um, and the final thing is building resilience because as you are seeing your goal through, you might see it through and fail. It happened, it's happened to me many times. Um, and that's the hardest time when you have to get back up. And this is when vision and your why comes becomes really important. It's like, if that goal is so important to you that you're willing to fail a hundred times, awesome. If that goal is so important to you that you're willing to fail for the next 10 years, like that's the kind of goal that you're going to get back up with. And building resilience is an art and it's something where you can intentionally practice. So doing hard things, working on positive self-talk and affirmations around your ability to do hard things, um, challenging yourself, getting out of your comfort zone, all those things matter in building resilience. And having a strong enough why is a big component of that because you're going to be like, I'm willing, this matters to me. And you might not even really know the why, but you have a vision in your heart and you're like, that's where I'm going no matter what. That's the vision you really want to cultivate because that's one that's going to help you even on the really, really hard days. Mm, oh my God, so good. That was, this whole episode is brain food. Seriously, so good. All right. I have three questions to ask you that we ask every guest on the biohack your beauty podcast. So the first question is what is your definition of beauty? Glowing from the inside out. I love it. I love it. It's so visual too. 
Um, second question, what is your favorite inner or outer beauty tip for our listeners? Ooh, fill your cup and it will overflow. So when you take care of you, you glow. You, you, you have this persona, this energy. I know it is true because I did a photo shoot uh, in January and that was my most recent shoot. And I was like more in my own alignment and filling my cup and like just feeling really confident and really happy. And I got so many messages from people when I started posting those photos, like literally glowing. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's the inside. It's just showing. Um, so take care of yourself, be in alignment, fill your cup. And it always overflows and uh, creates that beautiful glow. Ah, so good. So good. And where can people find you? Yeah, there's two places that I would say are really great. So Instagram, I'm at Jacqueline DiGregorio. And I also have a podcast called Spark Your Light. So if you like this stuff, I talk a lot about more up this alley on there. Yay. Thank you so much for being here today. You are amazing. This was so much fun. And I feel like we're going to be vibing more in the future. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I loved being on the show. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode resonated with you, please give this podcast a positive review on iTunes or Spotify. It helps us spread the word about the power of holistic health. I've opened up more spots for holistic life coaching. In my one-on-one program, I support you in reaching your body goals as well as going deep into transforming subconscious beliefs related to relationships, health, and financial well-being. We work together on physical and emotional healing and really hone in on creating lifelong lifestyle changes that are in alignment with what you desire for your body, your health, and your future. You can click the link in the show notes to book a free call with me, and there you will find my other links as well. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful week.